We get tag team preaching this morning. Thank you, Rabbi Jerry. Shabbat Shalom and Chag Sameach. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, Rabbi Jerry's is very cerebral. Mine has lots of pictures. No one really knows where this curse originated, but uh, this expression fits the present day, and it goes like this. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> it is meant as irony, uh, since life is thought to be better when things are normal and predictable, not interesting. Chaos and societal upheaval are interesting. Who wants to have to live through that? And we Jews have had more than our share of interesting times. Ever since our imposed exile from Israel in the aftermath of the tandem failed revolts in 66 AD and then again 132 AD, our people have had to wander the earth, fleeing from persecution in one country, only to eventually face it in the next, and this across all the centuries. You know, we have a humorous saying, and I know most of you know it, that describes Jewish history. We trot it out every year at some of the more festive holidays. If you know it, you can join me. The saying goes like this. They tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. As Jewish history. And we can laugh. We can afford to laugh since we won. One of the great lessons of Hanukkah is that God often gives victory to the few over the many and to the weak over the mighty. But I want you to think about the difficult interval of time between when they tried to kill us and we won. When Antiochus put a stop to the daily sacrifice and desecrated the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, and erected a statue of Zeus in the holy place, that was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Until that time, the effort to Hellenize the Jewish people had been gradual, but this abomination was the tipping point. This was war. As Rabbi Jerry explained, the priestly family of Mattathias, the Maccabees as they came to be known, the Hammers, rallied the people and eventually we prevailed against this tyrant and his wicked armies. The great miracle of Hanukkah was that this comparatively small, ragtag Jewish army vastly outnumbered and vastly outgunned with God's help gained victory and independence for our people. The temple was secured, cleansed, and rededicated to the sole worship of the Lord God of Israel. This morning, I'd like us to consider the sobering lessons to be learned, not from the victory, but rather from that interval, the difficult, spiritually challenging years that led up to that confrontation. Why? Because scripture tells us that it's going to happen all over again. 
and that it will be even worse. This isn't opinion. It is biblical prophecy. Nor is it just one person's interpretation of prophecy. Yeshua declared it. So did Rabbi Paul. So did the prophet Daniel. Well, here are the dire circumstances that Messiah Yeshua foretold would take place. Here's what we can expect to happen, as outlined in Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse. False messiahs will proliferate. False prophets will proliferate. And many will fall victim to their false miracles and their false teachings. Many. And this is what Yeshua said. See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying I am the Messiah. And will mislead many. For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. What else do we learn from Matthew chapter 24? <clears throat> we learn that wars will increase, famines will increase, earthquakes will increase. Don't you love a happy, cheerful message like this? But here's what Yeshua said about it. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But wait, there's more. Matthew chapter 24 also tells us that Yeshua's followers will be hated worldwide. That followers of Yeshua will be rounded up and even martyred and that many will abandon the faith, and some will even turn informant against believers. Not making this up. This is what Yeshua said. Then they will deliver you to tribulation, and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Happy Hanukkah, you guys. Whew. What else does Matthew chapter 24 tell us? Rampant criminal behavior will cause people to just simply lose their love. They'll become cold-hearted. And this is what Yeshua said about that. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow, will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Don't worry, we're going in a good direction with this message. And Yeshua said these things more than once. We're not in the good part yet. We're still in the tough part. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but it is the one, and this is, again, exactly what he said before. It is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. And in case anybody thought this was only Yeshua's teaching, Rabbi Paul echoes the things that are to come. Concerning the coming of our Lord Yeshua, this is Paul's words in 2 Thessalonians 2, concerning the coming of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some 
prophecy or report or letter supposed or alleged to have come from us saying that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the apostasy occurs first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. History has a way of coming back around, doesn't it? It's exactly what Antiochus did. And consider John's vision recorded in Revelation chapter 15. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on his horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And John went on to write, All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. He who has an ear, let him hear. So the scriptures agree on these things. Centuries earlier, the prophets, Jeremiah and Daniel, prophesied these very same things, foretelling the terrible situation on earth and the great persecution to come at the end of the age. Listen to what Daniel wrote. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince, who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise. And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, and here it is again, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. So... Look, I, I get it. I realize that a, a message like this isn't exactly what people expect on a festive day like Hanukkah. But considering the history behind the holiday, how can we not take to heart the need to prepare ourselves for what is to come? History does repeat itself, and Scripture makes clear that what happened in the time of Antiochus and the Maccabean revolt will happen again and that it will be even worse. But now let me briefly bring us back to Yeshua's very first words of that sermon on the Mount of Olives. See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying I am the Messiah, and will mislead many. For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. If false prophets, false teachers, and adverse circumstances at the end of the age will be so bad that even the elect aren't necessarily immune to deception, and Yeshua seems to suggest it, then how do we make sure we're not deceived? If lawlessness is going to be so bad at the end of the age that most people will become loveless, how do we make sure our love endures? The first step is to understand that this battle, and as Rabbi Jerry said, and I want to echo, is a real battle. The darkness is real. This is a battle of attrition. Consider this. The goal of the Seleucid dynasty, Antiochus's kingdom, 
And the evil ant, uh, tyrant Antiochus, the, the goal was the eventual complete Hellenization of the Jewish people so that we would become no longer a people apart. The worship of the Greek pantheon of gods began as a voluntary matter. It was merely encouraged. Some Jewish people adopted Greek customs and began to leave their Jewish heritage behind, telling themselves, after all, it's a matter of diplomacy. And it was the best course of action in order to have peace and safety. Soon enough, however, what began as voluntary came to be expected socially. And soon enough, what had been socially expected came to be mandatory, enshrined in law. And those laws forbade circumcision. Those laws forbade other commandments that Adonai had given us. And defiance of the laws of Antiochus eventually brought the death penalty. So there was a choice to be made. What will that choice be? If you do not guard yourself against the devious nature of incremental compromise, you will end up part of that great apostasy of which Yeshua and Rabbi Paul spoke. So, here's the so what. What can you and I do to avoid this gradual slide into apostasy? It's really quite simple. Decide right now what you believe. Decide right now where you draw your boundaries. Ask yourself whether or not you're prepared to forfeit your life rather than forsake your faith. But one thing is for sure, if you wait until the moral crisis is upon you, you're not gonna make it. You will probably crumble. You will not endure. You need to know where your line in the sand is and you need to know now. There's no magic pill, by the way, uh, to endow you with perseverance and to give you victory. In the arena of sporting contests, natural talent, of course, is very helpful, but it only takes you so far. Perseverance and victory usually comes to the team or the individual who is better conditioned. Victory is usually the result of a lifestyle of discipline and diligent training, not luck or chance. It's true in every field. The famous chemist, Dr. Louis Pasteur, said a little sarcastically, fortune favors the prepared mind. The violent oppression of the Jews in the time of Antiochus IV required each Jewish person to make a choice. Would they submit to Hellenization and live peacefully or faithfully follow God's law even if it meant risking their lives. A similar scenario is beginning to play out in our day. And a time is coming when we will have to make a choice, submit to wicked decrees to avoid trouble or remain loyal and faithful to Messiah Yeshua at the risk of our lives. If you hope to endure in the coming tribulation, then now is the time to get yourself in spiritual shape. And it means nurturing the spiritual disciplines of prayer, quieting your soul and seeking God, 
of reading and studying the scriptures daily, consistently, faithfully, gathering together with God's people to gain strength, to hold one another accountable, to stand with each other, and of evangelism, to make known the truth of Messiah Yeshua. All of these things contribute to spiritual strength. And unless I've completely misread the scriptures, you and I are going to need that strength in the days to come. But you know, there is a bonus in it for us. There's a bonus. When we prepare for the long game, those same spiritual disciplines are going to make your life better every day. You know, there's a lot about oil in Hanukkah. Uh, Walk with the Spirit. Nurture these disciplines. That spiritual engine of yours (laughs) is going to run a whole lot more smoothly when it's got fresh oil. Amen? O Lord God of Israel, please grant us reverence for you that leads to a disciplined and holy life. Please grant us love for you that leads to unwavering loyalty and enables us to have joy despite any adversity that comes our way. Please grant us strength and resolve that leads to perseverance for that day. Help us to be ever on the alert, devoted to you and to your kingdom. We ask these things through the name of your Son, our risen and soon coming King and Redeemer, Messiah Yeshua. Amen.